Toyota Trucks and Trails is produced in part by DRB and KGB Media. You are listening to the number one Toyota truck and SUV podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all over the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more. We are sure to offer something for you. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast, episode 46. I am your host, Jason Hoffman. With me, as usual, is your co-host, Rich LaRusso. I'm not even going to try to do anything funny this time, Rich, but uh, we'll, we'll just throw out an introduction. How you doing today? Outstanding. The, well, uh, the amoxicillin's working. I'm, I'm almost finished this entire bottle. <laughs> well, I, I, I was... was Sorry to hear that you were uh, you were under the weather. That that always always sucks. But uh, glad to uh, glad to know you're you're doing a little better anyway, or hopefully you are anyway. I was well, you know. It was just, I think it just started out as a, a simple little you know cold or whatever ear infection kind of thing, and then uh, of course I decided. Well, I feel like absolute crap, so I'm going to go camping for the weekend. <laughs> Uh, so I th- that may have agitated it a little bit, and and you know, but I, I actually the, in all honesty, I thought getting out of the house would make me feel better, and it did make me feel better. But I, I think the, uh, I think I was already on the road to needing to see a physician at that point. So, but I'll live. Sad for the world, but I'll live. Yeah, we 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 uh, we're we're glad you ha- you're hanging in there anyway, buddy. It. Uh... <laughs> That's a that's a good thing. So, if so, I, I just want to apologize to our listeners if I go into fits of coughing uh, throughout the podcast. You know, I'll, I'll do my best to hit mute, but I apologize in advance for for uh, for that. Well, we'll uh, we'll do what we can with editing to uh, to try to help out with that as well. But uh, uh, how you uh, doing? Uh, other than, well, other than being under the weather, uh, every everything else going good for you? You you. Uh, Got out and and uh, obviously you did did a little bit of camping. Any any wheeling involved in that or or uh, just a just a camping trip? It was just a camping trip with a with a couple of friends, um, one old friend and and one friend I had uh, never met before. So, um, but we uh, went to uh, hang out with the guys up at uh, Northeast Overland who are in in Maine, which is a, a great. A, a great group, and they were called Overlands before Overlanding was cool. So I, I feel like I have to, you know, throw that in there. Um, and these guys uh, really live the lifestyle up there because it's 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 tough country in that state, and uh, they just have a uh, sort of a meet and greet sort of barbecue thing. And and um, uh, my my buddy John and and I and and uh, his friend Nick said, well. Let, let's uh you know let's go to a party where is it oh six hours away in maine okay and so <laughs> i uh <laughs> i threw the uh trailer on the uh on the fj and we actually went up and camped uh we, we went up a day early and and camped in massachusetts about uh hour and a half or so north of boston uh, right on the right on the <laughs> atlantic ocean <laughs> Uh, so it, it, that was kind of nice. Um, can't, you know, it wasn't like beach camping. It was actually just a campgrounds, you know, um, but 
I, I think there was maybe half a dozen people there and they were all vehicle bound people. You know, they were either in RVs or similar to us uh, and actually ran into, you know, the funny thing about it was um, we're, we're sitting there cooking bacon and eggs and uh, this, you know, average, you know, family comes walking by just going for a morning walk. And, uh, you know, somebody said, hey, are you guys in uh, in FJ Northeasters, which is the FJ club we run, you know, up this way? It was just this random person that had always been, you know, uh, on our club forums and, and on social media and stuff, but had never met anyone face to face. And that, it was just he just was randomly walking by and saw the uh, the FJ, the Tacoma and the Jeep. Nick drives a Jeep, but we we still let him we still let him hang around. He's he's okay, um, and and so uh, it was just this this funny sort of small world thing, uh, and it was really cool to connect with somebody that we had only talked to online. So it was kind of a cool random thing. But we headed up to Maine and uh, you know huddled around the bonfire, and the forecast said it was supposed to be 32 that night but it didn't go at that low it only went to about 40 and there's a bunch of cool toyotas up there um a couple of cool fj cruisers forerunner a couple of tacomas so you know uh that that group um you know in maine they love their toyotas just as much as every other brand so uh, it was just a a fun outing needed to get out of the house um because i've been under the weather i haven't really done anything significant so um, it was it was just good to get out and you know just relax and and uh, <clears throat> drink beverages around a, a big bonfire. Well, it's uh, it's cool that you got to you know like you said run into somebody that that you uh, that you kind of knew and and uh, things worked out like that. It's cool when stuff like that happens. So sweet. Yeah, yeah, and and the uh, the trailers you know the trailers great. Um, just super easy to work with um yeah i drove back home in some rain so i i see where the lid needs a little bit of weather stripping improvement some water got inside it but nothing nothing tragic you know everything inside it was pretty waterproof anyway there's one cardboard box in there that 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 didn't make it but you know who cares so um but um downsizing the trail the tires on the trailer from 33s to 265s, which are like, what, a 31 or something, um, all terrains, you know, so it pulled smoother. It was uh, definitely a little bit easier on the gas tank without those KMT. <laughs> when I got the trailer, it had 33-inch KM2s on it. So, you know, not not, not really great for the rolling resistance. Yeah, it's nice, so. nice to get something a little more manageable on there. I know a lot of people are big fans of, you know, matching the tires on their trailer to the tires on their truck. But I think that's... Uh, for for me, I mean, it, it, to each their own, but for me, it's not, not the most logical, logical approach. So... I... I think it makes more sense if, if you're going to be, you know, point to point every day, uh, you know, through some 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 tough terrain and, and things like that. I think it makes 100 percent sense to do it that way that in that situation. But for for clowns like us who just base camp and sort of park the trailer and then go exploring, I think it's fine. You know, and I don't mind carrying a, a spare for it. So. Yeah, that's pardon me. That's kind of where I'm going with mine too. Is is uh, just 31 inch tires and and call it good. 
it uh yeah it'll have plenty of plenty of ground clearance for the gravel roads i plan on towing it down so it'll be right that, right exactly you know and and um uh, you know as long as you're i think out of the uh you know 10 inch <laughs> 10 inch trailer tire range and you can pull it over a few things i think that's good enough yeah that's uh like i said that's that's the same plan i have for mine so what's so what's been going on with you any any please tell us about some interesting toyota stuff since i really have nothing well uh a week ago we had a, a, the the club i'm in southeast toyota land cruiser association we had our annual meeting back up at uh back up at winrock and got to uh got to do a little bit of wheeling on friday and saturday we we headed out on the trails and it was cold um for for tennessee in in october anyway it was it was chilly uh but we we headed out on the trails and and started up the uh the first trail that we were going to run and and i needed to uh needed to engage four-wheel drive at one point and i couldn't get the forerunner in into four-wheel drive and so we we monkeyed around with it a little bit on on the trail and as it turned out there was a, a tree that had fallen across the trail so so the whole group was was held up because of the tree and we we ended up not being able to to move the tree so we could sit you know be, so we could get around it and uh, at that point i decided just uh, seeing i didn't have four-wheel drive to to head back to camp uh with a with another friend of mine and we we got back to camp and and fiddled with the forerunner a little bit and figured out what was wrong with it but it was i could manually engage four-wheel drive but I, I didn't have the option to to lock it in and and unlock it and that kind of stuff but my son had decided to uh to come up to the meeting and and i told him just to drive my my fj cruiser up and he had gotten there in in the meantime so uh several of us jumped in my fj cruiser and, and we were just going to go run some some uh basically gra- gravel roads uh there at winrock and in, in the fj and and as it turned out we got got out into the park a little bit and we ended up running into the running into the rest of our our crew and they said they'd just been running basically green trails all day so we we fell in with them in the in the fj and uh, i gotta say i technically that's only the second time that i've really been able to 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 wheel the fj cruiser and i had uh i had put my my uh yoke 35 inch yokohama tires on there and uh, folks i gotta tell you them tires every time i have them off-road they they blow my mind how well they do um it was wet and muddy and just miserable conditions, and the tires performed spectacularly, uh, along with the FJ Cruiser. Um, to be honest, to be honest with you, I was having more fun driving the FJ than I had the day before driving the Forerunner. So, uh, I still don't look. Which forward- which model? I don't. Sorry to uh, just let me pause you just for a second. Which model of? Yokohamas are those? Are those the Geolander MT GO3s? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, that is a great looking tire. It uh, it's a great looking tire. It's a great performing tire. If I have one drawback to it, um, 
the the price point that they have at least the 35s i haven't looked at at anything else but the price point uh i feel like it's a little bit high for a uh kind of a daily use tire um compared to uh, like your your coopers that you have rich or or the new firestone tires or you know uh, something that kind of falls in that same same category to me they seem extremely high priced but uh again for the way they perform they they have worked fantastically for me so um so yeah, sorry. I, and I'm sorry to cut you off and and rabbit hole you with that. I just I know our our li- some listeners may not be familiar with well, and, you know, and I tend to forget which Yokohama. Right, right. So no, I I, I appreciate that because I I tend to to uh, overlook that kind of stuff. So thank you for uh, forcing me to point <laughs> to point out what tires I was talking about instead of me just randomly mentioning them, but. Uh, other than that, the, the the meeting was uh, not as well attended as we would like for it to have been, but uh, it uh, it was what it was. Still had a good time, and and as we were packing up Sunday morning to head home, the snow moved in. Um, it wasn't really collecting on the ground or anything, but it was definitely flurries in the air. And uh, for somebody like me that detests cold weather, man, it was cold. <laughs> I was I was ready to uh, to get off the mountain and get get uh, get back in Middle Tennessee or, or West Tennessee where where uh, temperatures were a little little more moderate when we got home anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I meant to ask you, um, what uh, tire pressure did you run the Yokohamas at? Yeah, I, I sort of cut you off in the middle of talking about how well the FJ was doing on the thirty fives and stuff. So. I, Sort of kind of want to get back to that because uh, I'm interested. I, I kind of got rushed um, deflating them. The last time that I, I had those tires off-road, I, I had deflated to, I believe, 12 pounds. This time we only dropped to 15, um, and they – honestly, I don't think they need to go to 12. They they worked uh, fantastic at 15, and uh, it definitely uh, smoothed out the ride and it just uh, – I, I don't foresee a, you know a need to go any any lower than that with them. Um, and and the trails you said were somewhat mild. Yeah, I, they, they were just green trails. Nothing uh, you know, nothing too too terrible, terrible difficult. But uh, there was only one spot where I I slipped a tire at all, and uh, I just. Uh, threw it in four high and and walked wa- right through that i don't even want to call it an obstacle it was just kind of a pile of rocks that were were wet and mossy that they they spun a little bit on uh truth be told had i been had, had i throttled it up just a little bit and and spun the tires a little bit in the past that's been enough to to work but uh trying to trying to take care of equipment i decided to just uh use what i had and, and uh, not uh, not edge towards abuse the, the responsible adult in you took over and it, it, very very good way to put it very good very good way to put it yes <laughs> every now and then that guy comes out and you got to deal with it um <clears throat> but um and and so you wheeled in two wheel drive i guess it sounds like most of the time yeah. and you yep. 
just went into four high ones. So, you know, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I, I know you haven't gotten all the chances you wanted to take those tires out and, and do it. Um, uh, you know, do some, some nice trail running with them. Um, but, um, did, how did you feel the FJ cruiser? Now you got stock gears in the FJ cruiser. So how do you feel it, it did with the 35s on it? Did you, did you, you didn't trailer it, did you? No, no. Um, it, it was driven up there, but I didn't drive it. But I have been driving it on the road. We've been driving it back and forth to work. And, and uh, this is its second trip to Winrock on, on 35s. Um, it, it, on the road, it definitely needs regeared or, or could stand to be regeared. But just what little bit of trail riding I did with it, um, it did fine. Uh, if I was was pushing it a little harder than than what I did uh, on those trails, uh, you know, I, I may lean a little more towards saying it definitely needs regeared for off road. But it, it it was doing it was doing fine. It didn't seem like it was stressing stressing the transmission a, at all. Um, again, the, the, these were were relatively mild trails and and nothing you know, screaming difficult or, or, or anything of the sort, but it just didn't seem like it was overworking the truck at all. So, um, getting it regeared is, is it definitely on the agenda. As soon as I <clears throat> come to the conclusion that I'm 100% going to keep, keep 35s on it. But right now that's, that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find it, you had a drive in four, a little more than driving in D because uh, you have an automatic. Yeah. Um, I am horrible about, uh, getting, putting the shifter in, in low gear. Um, I, I've talked before on the podcast. That's essentially, that's how I burn up the automatic transmission in my forerunner because I'm, I'm horrible about thinking about putting it in, in, just the shifter, you know, the transmission itself in low gear, uh, had, had I done that, um, it probably would have felt, felt much better. Uh, matter of fact, at, at one point, uh, one of the passengers that was with me also, uh, wheels an FJ cruiser and, and he, he kind of called me out on that. You know, he, you, he asked me, he said, do you know where low gear is at in this thing? Went, well, yeah, I, I do. I just. <laughs> teach, teach me how to drive this thing master this is only the second time i've had it in the dirt <laughs> well uh, on the street when i was on stock gears i used to have to leave it in four all the time because if i put it in d it would just hunt for that overdrive gear because you know toyota sets it up for economy and 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 i you know they have to do what they have to do to get people to try and buy these things but we all know the reality of it is um I don't really need it to go into fifth at 35 miles an hour right. up a hill, which is something that it, it, it you know, as any FJ cruiser uh, listener owner that is listening right now is probably laughing because you've been in that very position where the thing will just, you know, uh, upshift into, you know, this gear and you're in that gear for like a, a couple of seconds before the transmission's like, Oh no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> and it, it upshifts again. In, in that aspect, it, 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 I haven't noticed that it, it does terribly bad like that on the road. Um, you just, just leaving it and drive. Um, now 
part of that may be a mental thing on on my part that I don't want to notice it, so I haven't noticed it. But in all reality, I I I, I, I haven't felt like it's it's been an issue. So, um, like I said, it's definitely on you know in the back of my mind that that if I'm going to leave it the way that it is, I'm gonna gonna have to regear it. But uh, for for yeah. right now, it it seems to be doing seems to be doing okay. So good well that's that's you know i mean that's um i'm and i'm not asking you these questions you know to say do you have a problem that you don't know you have because that's that's not where i'm going with it at all i i always like to see how other people's experience compares to you know mine and i know everyone else enjoys uh uh listening to that too because you know, uh, many of us have similar experiences, but also there's there's those people that just have an experience that's nothing like what we've had. Right. So, um, and I think they handle 35s just fine. I, I I don't think the steering rack and the power steering pump love it, but they <laughs> they sort of put up with it. And uh, you know, but I, but it sounds like you were on mellow trails anyway, so it didn't didn't really matter. But the, but at least you got to get out, and and you know the season's winding down. I know for a lot of us, and we're not getting to. Uh, go out as much as we, you know, we want to, um, partially because there's not as many events to go to, you know, so, um, you know, now it's all about just getting together with your friends and going, seeing what, what kind of things you can find to do, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. This'll probably be my, my last outing for, uh, for the year. And if I can't run down the parts I need to, uh, to fix the forerunner, it's definitely going to be my last outing. So, so what's going on with the forerunner? Um, Toyota refer, refer, refers to them as VSVs, the the electrically act, activated vacuum switches. Um, on my my third gen forerunner, the front axle disconnect is vacuum operated, but it has two electric switches that switch that vacuum because it's it's activated by vacuum and it's uh disengaged by vacuum so there's there's two separate vsvs that that handle that and uh the best that i can figure out from the diagnosing that we done the vsv that engages the front axle uh has decided to crap out on me because if i put put vacuum directly to that line and and bypass the the vsv altogether and just you know just direct put vacuum to it it will engage the front so that uh that's about the only thing in line that it that it could be to to the best of my knowledge so i'm gonna have to uh gonna have to do some searching around and see if i can i'm i'm hoping to find one that i know works without having to buy a new one from toyota because they are a little bit on the pricey side so i'm i'm hoping to find a, a known working one and and test test my theory and make sure that's what it is before I shell out the, the, uh, peanuts for a, for a new one from Toyota. Peanuts. Peanuts. Shell out the peanut. Peanuts. <laughs> peanuts. <laughs> uh, let's take this back to eighth grade. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, it sounds like at least you're on top of the problem and it, and you've got it isolated. So that's that's a good thing. We actually got to spend a little time on the GX uh, yesterday, which was which was fun because, you know, we all want to see that GX 
the GH470 that was recently brought into our household. We all want to see that thing do some cool stuff. So we got um, we got some tires and wheels, tires and wheels. Well, anyway, we we got them mounted, and you know we're in the process of sculpting in the inner fender liners to um, you know prevent some some rub. And we took the running boards off it, which you know. I, I like the, the the running boards. I I mean I know what's going to happen to them if she drives it off road, but uh, I I you know I thought they were pretty cool because they have those cool lights in them and stuff like that. So we we unplugged them, we taped up the connector and took them off, and magically the thing looks like it has a three inch lift now. <laughs> I, I, I've always said that you know people in, in the in the third gen forerunner community will ask you know should i take my running boards out or, or or what's what's the easiest lift that i that i can do on on a third gen forerunner take the running boards <laughs> off the it's that, that's <laughs> automatically looks makes it look three inches higher so I, i'm yeah. right there I'll, ha- I'll have to throw in a picture because it really does look drastically different with these wheels these tires the the wheels we used were uh old fj cruiser wheels you know the one the i think they're 2010 or 2012 that had the holes that go around them and um they're painted satin black so they almost look like a really fancy expensive wheel now (laughs) and uh what a difference on on the white car i mean it it just made it you know like we we really didn't do anything we removed running boards we put wheels on and it looks like a different vehicle now it's weird yeah i i can attest to that folks i've i've seen the videos and stuff that that uh rich and his wife posted yesterday and and uh it the the truck is looking good rich it 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 definitely a definitely a step in the right direction so betty white yeah she's she's uh anxious to get get things kicked off with it and and plus we wanted to get some more tread on there for for the winter you know because um they gave her uh when she bought the vehicle, it, it, it had Bridgestone duelers on it, which I think if you own a Toyota, you've owned a set of Bridgestone duelers. <laughs> I think uh, just about every new Toyota comes with them from the factory, don't they? Isn't that what they put on? Very, I think my FJ did. I, I, I'm almost almost sure you're right. I wouldn't swear to it, but I'm almost sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. And they're not a horrible tire, but they're a horrible tire. I mean, <laughs> they're not, you know, they are what they are. And they're, they're you know, designed for street use, and they're really economical, which, which is funny because she really wanted to put these on. And I know the first – one of the first bits of feedback we're going to receive is probably that the, uh, you know, mileage isn't – isn't quite what it was she uh drove past me yesterday and i could definitely hear the the noise of the firestone mt2s as they screamed past me so um but i don't think that's something that really bothers her especially considering she was running the old you know on her xterra she was running the destination mts which are allowed they're allowed yes mine so. mine on my forerunner are getting getting louder the more i drive them or more, longer yeah. i run them pardon me yeah yeah um <clears throat> so you know that was that's our little bits of uh, of toyota goodness a little couple little projects and uh you know otherwise trying to get the vehicle out and enjoy it and uh you know i'm gonna start uh, doing some winterizing and things like that you know get some fluids done before it gets too cold to uh y- you know change that diff fluid before it almost solidifies right right in the cold 
I've got everything changed out to uh, 90 weight already, but I think after pulling that trailer from basically South Carolina to Maine and back, I think I'm going to do a diff fluid change anyway. Just probably don't really need it, but what the hell, right? It's only fluid. Well, in the big scheme of things, it's cheap. So it uh, it also gives you a chance to kind of inspect stuff a little bit and see what the fluid coming out looks like and and uh, make sure that all is what it should be. So it's not a, yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I'd like to do all my fluids before winter just because winter oil changes suck. Winter diff fluid changes suck. Basically, any you know, unless you have a heated garage, I do not. So I try and get as much of that stuff done uh, to just to you know save myself the the trouble going going in. So it should be uh, something I'm gonna have to set aside for. But uh, I think everyone's in the process of winterizing now and fluid filming and doing all that kind of stuff. We were supposed to we got some forecasts that said. We were supposed to get some snow before the end of the month, but I think it was, I think we already did, and it was in the form of rain. Well, we're, we're a long ways off from getting any, uh, getting any snow at the house, but it, uh, it's on the horizon anyway for, hopefully this year I'll be home if we get any snow. Last year we got it, got it snow a couple of different times, and I was on the road both times, so I didn't get to. Didn't get to play in the snow at all last year, other than at work, and that's not any fun. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think probably in one of the big trucks you drive, it's probably a little scary. Uh, it can be, yes. But <clears throat> with all due respect, I know you're a very seasoned driver, but I think I don't. You know, there's there's times in a in a vehicle with four wheels that I get a little n- nervous out there on the road. <laughs> well. It, it always takes that first, uh, that first time of the season to kind of get you back, back into it. And, and for me, that's always a, a uh, kind of, kind of a hair raising experience. Just, just that first time, you know, to, uh, get, get the feel for it again and, and get geared up to, to deal with it for a few months at a time. But yeah part of first first oh sorry no you're fine you're fine go ahead oh i was gonna say the first snowfall up here is always the sketchiest one um because we're in the greater you know new york city area i mean new york city is you know under two hours from where i live even though i live in a very rural area you know um we we can things are small up here so you, you can be in a major city in a pretty short amount of time but, you know, then again, if you saw where I live, I am in the middle of nowhere. So we get is a, a lot of people, their jobs will transfer them to either uh, my state or to New York City. And then they'll they'll live in the suburbs or whatever. And it's always either someone from another country or um, down south or out west, southwest, where they may not have a lot of experience <laughs> driving in the snow. They may not realize that there is a special tire you should be using. <laughs> so the first snowfall here, um, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're an ambitious young man with a uh, set of recovery gear, I think you could make a little bit of money. Um, there, there is some, definitely some poor decision-making and, and, 
and lack of experience with what we see. The first snow, snowfall of the year. <laughs> I'll be very, very careful and very nice about how I say all that, but the people really just have no idea, and they'll you know, move out here. It's not their fault. It's not like, uh, you know, anyone probably warns them, you know, but, uh, you know, you'll see brand new cars, brand new shiny cars. Well, you'll see the, the butt end of them, <laughs> you know, uh, sticking out from the side of the road. <laughs> you won't see the rest of the car. It'll be buried, but see some interesting things, see some bad behavior. So it's, it, it should be fun. We, uh, we, we look forward to that first snowfall because we'll play hooky from work and fill up a thermos of coffee and we'll be the only ones out on the road. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be, but we go out and, you know, that's, look around. And, that's how I always, always try to do it. But like I said, I, I, I don't get the opportunity as much as I'd like to, but anyway. It, it, it's like you hear, you know, the announcement over the emergency broadcast system, like, you know, all the state roadways are shut down. Cool. Let's go out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, probably shouldn't be saying that in public. Probably shouldn't be off. Oh, folks, stay home and be safe. And uh, but, um, you know, got to have a little fun in life. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, what, what else? There, there's been some cool stuff going on in, in, not necessarily in the world of Toyota, but in, in the world of, uh, in the automotive world, I guess, with, uh, the big SEMA show going on, um, th- this past week, Rich, it, 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 Toyota seemed to be maybe not Toyota corporate. I, I guess even they had, uh, I think I read 18 different vehicles at, at, uh, at SEMA in their booth. But uh, I didn't didn't see any love for for any of the uh, the pick, the the trucks or the off road off road vehicles. But uh, boy, the aftermarket sure sure utilized uh, utilized Toyota to, to to their advantage this year. Have uh, have you checked out any uh, any of the SEMA news coming in? I have. I've seen a lot of uh, you know great photos and and talked to a couple of friends that were there and and and, and it's as you say you know it, it's not like Toyota corporate you know really put a lot out there, um, but the um, aftermarket support for for the Toyota products is just outstanding you know and 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 it seems like every every demo truck you know for a company seems to utilize a not every but you know a lot of the high ends. Uh, companies out there are utilizing, you know, Toyota products, uh, you know, obviously ARB, uh, which we've seen pictures of the ARB uh, uh, Hilux or Tacoma. That's that's at SEMA. It's, you know, uh, very well represented. But there's been some other brands. The 511 Tactical uh, Tacoma looks that just looks great. You know, I, I would love to do a complete walk around and see what kind of doodads they've got bolted onto that. But um, there's, you know, been some interesting tundras that have come out as well. Yeah, I'm not sure who uh, who had the the tan uh, the tan tundra. Um, Warren Warren Winch is that Warren Warren Winch's truck? Uh, absolutely, I believe so. Let's see. I'm trying to find a picture of it here, folks. I apologize. Um, yeah, it is worn. I'm sorry. I guess I didn't didn't pay close enough attention to that. But that is a absolute. I, first of all, I love that desert tan color, and and that is just an absolutely uh, absolutely gorgeous truck. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think that look is, and that color, I think, is really popular, and, and you're seeing people apply that color to, um, you know, other other vehicles that didn't even necessarily come in that color now. I think everybody really likes that that desert tan. Yeah, I've I've been a big big fan of that color on the uh the later model uh forerunners and that kind of stuff and, and Tacoma as well. But uh that it, it really it, it fits that Tacoma very well. Very, very well. Or Tundra, pardon me. I'll get my get my words right here. I knew what I was talking about. But uh But um yeah, there's there's definitely some great um, – Toyota is certainly, I would say, the dominant brand of of uh, of trucks that fit the stuff we're into. I'm wording that very delicately. Um, it just seems like a lot of the uh, – I want to say street-type trucks. <laughs> um, let's call, them, know, what, let's call them what they the are. Bro trucks. Yeah, they, they... – Bro trucks, yeah, mall crawlers, whatever, you know. Uh, well, I guess small crawler doesn't necessarily fit that, but yeah, the the big bro trucks, the ones that are are lifted real high and 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 um, you know probably won't see too much trail use due to their size. Ha! See, very very carefully. Um, it seems like a lot. The big three tend to to dominate that market, but the oh boy, I have to use the O word, Jason. Uh, the more overland or or off road style builds seem to be mostly toyotas yeah that toyota is definitely i think dominating that market um for for sure and uh i guess it's not a not an all bad thing but uh at least they're well they're getting out there <laughs> getting out there anyway so I'm, I'm not sure i'm not seeing anything bad what, what's what's your what's your apprehension about uh i i'm i i guess have a fear that that toyota is already leaning towards softening up the 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 factory four by four um and i'm afraid without some some more demand for uh for them to to toe the line a little bit that they're going to uh to head down a road that nobody wants to see us see, see them go um I may be overreacting a little bit, but just uh, just my thoughts. Uh, I think it's I think it's a valid concern as a fan to be, you know, interested in in the in the future of, of you know, where our brand is headed. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot of uh, competition, and you know, for uh, the off-roading community in in the aftermarket sense. But I think. You know, there's really only a couple of brands people consider, I think, for off-road vehicles um, and, you know, are vehicles that are going to be dual use. And and I think for dual use, you know, Toyota is really the winner. Um, and, and for specific off-road vehicles, I think you tend to people, you know, tend to go to a, a solid axle Jeep or something like that. And I don't think that's really ever going to change much unless Toyota comes back with a uh, solid axle. Um for the United States. But I also think that we're seeing people do really cool stuff with the 120 series front ends. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. And and the, and, and the, the, the products the, that are coming out. Yeah, the the aftermarket is really uh 
I, I won't say embraced it, but kind of taken, uh, taken it for what it is and, and chosen to figure out how to, uh, how to beef it up. And I, I, I think that's awesome. You know, there's, there's a lot of companies out there working on, working on different things to, uh, to improve what we have. And, and that, that gives me hope, uh, you know, it, at least the aftermarket sees a, uh, sees it as a, a, uh, see some value into, in, into getting into figuring out how to, how to improve it and make it work better and, and that sort of stuff. So I agree with you completely. It, it, it's worth noting too, that I, I think it's safe to say at this point that the 120 series is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Uh, and, and people are just going to find new ways to, uh, beef it up, reinforce it, you know, make it stronger, make it do crazier things. Um, hopefully that involves a steering rack. I think most, uh, seasons 120 series owners would love to have uh, an improved steering rack, but, um, other, other, you know, otherwise, I mean, we look at the platforms that have dominated, you know, Toyota off-road and you think of the 40 and the 60 and the 80 series, 70 series, which really doesn't have a huge presence here in the States, but, you know, around the world is, is, is a big deal. Um, and I think that in time, the 120 series is going to, is going to join that, you know, um, you're definitely, definitely not going to see a lot of 100 series pushed to the level that 120 series are getting pushed to. No, no. Um, I, I think some of that might be that, that there's just, you know, the, the sheer numbers difference, but, uh, with the, the 120 platform being used for, for so many different, so many, so, so many different models, it, uh, it works out really well that, that, uh, one, one product can benefit so many different models where with the hundred series or the, the 200 series, you know, they're, they're kind of back to that building stuff for it. One, one particular model. And, uh, I mean, obviously that's why Toyota has built so many, so many vehicles off the 120, <clears throat> pardon me, the 120 platform. So. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, hopefully going to solidify, you know, the IFS rigs uh, into, you know, the, the Land Cruiser community a little bit and kind of get everyone to calm down and, and say, OK, fine, you guys can be part of the family. Um, well, we, we can always hope anyway. We can, we can always hope. We can, we can always hope. hope. Well, um, uh, no, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh no! I I was basically staring into space. So, well, just uh, looking around at some other at some other Toyotas that were rep- represented at, at SEMA, a couple of them that that I thought would be cool to mention. Um, there is a company. I'm not. I'm ashamed of myself. I believe they're based out of Florida. Uh, a company called the FJ Company. Um, they have a. Their business is basically building uh, 40 series Land Cruisers, and they are uh, offering a a kind of a, a new signature series, I guess that that they debuted at at uh, at SEMA this year. Uh, Rich, you and I talked about this truck a little bit before we started recording. Um, it is uh, 
it's an absolutely gorgeous truck. Essentially, you're buying a a brand new 40 series. Uh, this 43. Made, 43 series. Um, but so much of it has been been upgraded. They're using uh, what did we figure out? What what engine did we figure out they had in it, Rich? The uh, the four. It, it's a V6. I'm going to have to say it's one GRFE. I mean, that makes the most the, sense. The four four liter V6. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the one I think just not everyone in the 120 series has. But th- this thing is decked out with leather interior and. Uh, Rich, you had pointed out the the custom center console and that kind of stuff in it. It's just a just a gorgeous, gorgeous truck um, from from top to bottom, front to back. Uh, we uh, we also discussed the price tag, the price tag they have stuck on it. Um, it says right here in the article that I'm reading that the the company plans for, for, for these, these, uh, the new signature series to be in production in, in 2018. And the price starts at $200,000. So, uh, <laughs> to the, to the listeners out there, if you got a, you know, a spare 200 grand, just burning a hole in your pocket and you've always won a 40 series, uh, or, or a 43 series, um, there, there's probably not a better way to get your hands on one. It, uh, a better way. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> a more turnkey way? No. But a, a better way? Good. Good. That's po- I think up to the. It depends how crafty you are. Good point. Good point. Well, another another truck that I I wanted to point out that that has gotten a ton of attention, and these trucks get a ton of attention all the time. Um, sometimes good sometimes bad by the by the purists um rich i'm referring to the uh the uh icon 40 series um are 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 you familiar with the company icon and not not icon suspension the the icon vehicle no icon vehicle builders yes 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 they're beautiful they're they're you know they um and they don't do only 40 series but they you know, I think that is their mainstay. There's sort of their well, it's it's definitely where they got their start at. But yes, they do are early Broncos and and uh, tons of tons of different different vehicles. But their their bread and butter for a long time was was uh, rebuilding forty series. But like I said, they they catch a lot of flack from the from the purists in the in the Land Cruiser world because they don't always. Uh, reproduce them with a a Toyota. Uh, drivetrain a lot of times they'll use a a uh, chevy ls motor um i'm not sure if they have a a a specific way that they do that or if it's kind of customer preference or however they choose to do whichever one they're working on it at at any given time i would love to talk to uh to john the gentleman that owns icon um hopefully someday i'll be able to uh to get a hold of him and have him come on the podcast and talk about how they how they handle that just the 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 toyota side of their business because i i know that uh he's been doing it for years and years and years but uh anyway they they had a a, a absolute gorgeous 40 it seemed to this year on on display that's gotten gotten a lot of attention as well so yeah yeah um i i think their their icon stuff comes in uh in the one hundred thousand dollar range, so you know, might be a little bit cheaper than the uh, two hundred thousand dollar forty three series. Well, just just reading through uh, 
reading through this article here, this one has got the uh, the new uh, R two point eight liter uh, Cummins turbo diesel. The uh, have you heard anything about that, Rich? The the crate engine, crate diesel that that Cummins has got up for for sale. Um, I read a little bit about it online and and uh, just sort of uh, you know pushed it aside and said um i i you know this isn't something that that i should probably be reading (laughs) give me ideas i i'm not a big uh not a big uh, diesel swap guy so uh it's also something that i haven't haven't paid a lot of attention to i mean i know it's there and i know it's available but uh over and above that i haven't uh haven't put a lot of thought into it but Anyway, folks, I'm, well, I'm trying to find a. I've always been trying to find the, the what's the justification for diesel. Like I, I understand people say you get the low end torque and you get the, you know, the fuel economy and and things like that. But you know, unless it's a turbo diesel, it it's really tough for me for for somebody to sell me on the diesel con- concept. I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, it'd be great if it had a diesel. It'd be like, well, would it really be that great if it had a diesel? I don't want to be behind you going up a hill. Well, I, I, I go back to, uh, I've got a friend that lives in Australia and it, it cracked me up when, when he, he and I were, and several other people were communicating back and forth on a, a post on social media. And some of his friends from from Australia were were in on the conversation, and and it was funny that those of us in here in the states or in North America were we were all griping because we couldn't get the diesel Hilux, and all the people in in Australia were griping because they they couldn't get the gas powered Tacoma, and it, it just cracked me up. It, evidently, it's just because we can't have it, um, because it's not here. You know, it's it's you want what you can't have kind of a thing. Um, so to to answer your question, I don't know that I understand why people do do diesel swaps. There is some some amount of cool factor to it and that kind of stuff. It's just it's not my thing. And uh, I, I think it's it's pretty unique that Cummins is offering a, a crate engine especially a small versatile uh, four-cylinder diesel like that I, I think that's really really interesting and and i think some of the things that, that people have found to do with that little engine are are uh, ki- kind of cool but um again it's just not uh, not my thing so yeah i mean maybe i'm just being overcritical um one of the first toyotas i ever had the privilege of driving was a little Toyota pickup that was a parts delivery truck for for I worked at a dealership and I was I was the uh, teenager in charge of <laughs> delivering parts <laughs> to the various auto shops in the area. Um, so they they had this little to- blue Toyota pickup truck that everyone in the dealership affectionately nicknamed the little stinky. And, uh, you know, in the winter, it hated the start. It was a little four-cylinder diesel. And, um, I mean, it was it was the shop truck, okay? So it was a little beat up. It was a little crooked. <laughs> you know, it had some issues. But the thing, you know, I mean, obviously in the cold weather, the you know, you had to let the glow pugs pretty much go through two cycles instead of one. But 
it always ran. It always started. You couldn't stop the freaking thing once it got going, but it did not like a hill, you know, uh, and, you know, the transmission was real worn out. So, you, you know, shifting was sometimes an adventure, you know, after a couple of months of driving it, you know, you didn't think twice, you could always find the gear, but it was pretty worn out and beat up. And, um, that was my first, ex one of my first experiences driving a diesel and, you know, we have a lot of hills around here. So just, you know, sometimes with a hill, you really had to get a running start with the thing. Just didn't, just didn't have that hill climbing. You know, I mean, I mean, it could climb. It just couldn't climb them at the same pace. That it just didn't it get in a hurry doing it. It was not. <laughs> no, no. And it had the torque. I mean, it would idle up a hill. It, it wasn't, all, it wasn't about torque. It was just the darn thing just was in no hurry to go up a hill. I was great at going down them. Well, I, I, I think that, that modern diesels have came a long, long way. Uh, you know, t turbos have improved and intercoolers and, and that kind of stuff. And, 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 you know, modern, modern turbo diesels are, are considerably different than, than, uh, diesels of the past. But in, in the North American market, I, I, just can't help but think that that one of the the fascinations with them is uh you know we, like i said we want what we what we can't have it's you, you and i have talked on the podcast before about you know uh, all the guys that say you know if they brought the seven the, the the 70 series here they they wouldn't be able to keep in in, in dealerships well yes they would <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it, it, it for those of us that love them and appreciate what they are um yeah, we're we're infatuated with them, but as far as the general public thinking that a seventy, you know, a diesel seventy series is cool, it, it no, <laughs> that's not. Uh, it, it just wouldn't fly, and uh, I, I I think the same same applies kind of across the board. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne didn't get famous by letting his fans write his music for him, right? Sure. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I and I think if he did, we might not know who he is today. <laughs> um, uh, and and that, that you know applies. And I'm not saying oh, Toyota is all wise and all knowing, but I don't I don't believe that either. Uh, I, and I think you know we we all wish that these corporations would listen to our feedback a little more. But we also understand they have to stay in business. They kind of know how to do that. Right. They kind of proven they're pretty good at doing that. Right. So. Right. Well, b b before we we beat up on the diesel subject t too much more, um, <laughs> is there there anything else that we want to get into about uh, about SEMA? Um, yeah, I got one. I got one. This 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 may upset some people. Do you like stuff that upsets people sometimes? Well, sometimes we have to. Get I in, do. Sometimes we have to get into that stuff. So yeah. So sometimes the 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 community that we love definitely needs a little tough love. And I think one of the ways we do that is, um, I want to say mockery, <laughs> I think mockery, mockery is a powerful tool. Um, <clears throat> but in all seriousness, um, we've seen some things at SEMA that I think have made us, how do I, how can I say this, Jason? Um, throw up in our mouths a little bit, a, a little bit. Yeah. I think that yeah. get, get, get just a little, little just a little. A little, a little tinge of the of the of the the back of the throat kind of vomit sort of feeling, um, 
and it's actually not necessarily related to Toyota vehicles, but we're seeing it on other vehicles. And well, what's the connection? A lot of times when a very popular vehicle gets a certain look to it, we see it brought over into the Toyota community. Have you, have you observed this personally? Uh, y- yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> you know, I saw it on a Jeep, so I want it on my Toyota, which, uh, you know, at, at the very basic concept, there's nothing wrong. But um, what we've been seeing, and I know uh, anyone who's ever used social media within the last year or two can see, is the growing trend in these new Jeep grills where they're sort of look like uh, a comic book character <laughs> or a, uh, you know, a, a movie monster or superhero or something where they've sort of got this grill and um, bumper and winch mount and everything all in one. Have you, have you seen these things? I think we'll post a picture with this. Podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to post Just, a picture so people know exactly what we're talking about. Right, so our listeners can laugh with us. Right, right. Um, but I, but I think if you've anyone who's seen that very famous stormtrooper jeep that's out there, where they they've just sort of got this whole look to the whole front end of it, and and they've got this this bumper that bolts on, and it replaces the grill, the headlights. You know, the headlights are all angry now, and the thing's got teeth, and it you know it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie or a children's movie, or. A coloring book <laughs> but but uh <clears throat> here's where here's where we get concerned is this this you see it at SEMA and people are like oh that's cool and hey you know if you like that and you think that's cool that's your business cool good for you go buy one but when we get scared is you know people will want this on Toyota Products like this will get made for Toyotas, which is fine. Again, not my problem. You know, you want that stuff on your truck, great. My problem is is when, I mean, granted, you know, we see something we don't like. We're like, haha, look at that stupid thing. That's and that's that's fine. You know, people can say you're a hater or you're jealous or whatever. No, 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 that looks ridiculous, and we're laughing at it. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I just get concerned when. These make it into the aftermarket bumper, uh, you know, scene here for for Toyotas. People bolt them on, and then someone with one of these things shows up for a trail ride. And you don't know how safe these things are. You don't know how well they're going to do. And if something happens, you might have to get stuck helping this person. And when I say get stuck helping them, you're, you're going to help anybody that's on a trail ride. Whether you're not going to leave somebody there, or at least I hope not. But, you know, they're they're bringing in a factor of liability, you know, where this thing is going to be the problem today. And um, that's that's sort of the the logical concern here. You know, Um, again, so what anybody, you know, whatever you want to bolt on your truck. Cool. Love it. Enjoy it. Embrace it. You know, celebrate it do your thing on it <laughs> but but you know when <laughs> when we're trying to tow you out of out of a mud hole and that thing folds forward or breaks off or something like that then you're a pain in our ass so i i just hope people are using some practical judgment when 
because these aesthetic mods, these ridiculous, I mean, these very different and interesting <laughs> uh, sculptures for the front ends of vehicles are going to sp spill over into the Toyota world. That is my prediction. And it's not something that I am wishing happens. I think it will. I think people will see the stuff. Hey, that looks cool. I want my uh, vehicle to look like, you know, the Punisher's face. <laughs> So I'm going to punish everyone else by making it look that way. Well, it, 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 as I'm a, sorry. As, as, a, as a matter of fact, you know, we're, we're so, so afraid of this creeping into the, the Toyota market. And, and, and I'm with you, Rich, you know, teach his own, whatever you want to do. But we, we have several fabricators that listen to the, listen to the podcast, you know, that, that build bumpers and that kind of stuff for the, for the Toyota market. And I, I, I implore you folks, um, please. Uh, just you know if somebody hits you up with that ignore it just, just please don't do it please no don't just ignore it mock them humiliate yep. them yep. laugh them out of your shop yes yes and, and hopefully they will realize what a bad idea they just had yeah if if we can uh if we can shut it down before it starts maybe it uh maybe it won't grow um, that, that's, that, I'm not trying to say, you know, everybody should have an ARB on the front of their, you know, I'm not trying to go that route because that's not cool either. But fabricators, please, we beg you, do not start building this shit for Toyotas, please. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> for the good of the community. <sighs> um. It, it, it's somebody's somebody's feelings is going to get really hurt. <laughs> uh, when, if somebody's feelings are hurt, I just want to say no, 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 no. I I, oh, I don't mean by our conversation. Person to person, I, 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 your feeling, their feelings needed to be hurt. Someone needed to tell them. <laughs> okay, I, I I agree. I I completely agree. <laughs> You got that one friends, and you're all dressed up to go to a party or something, and and or go out to the to the club and have a good time, and you got that one friend who's wearing the lime green pants, and he thinks it's cool. He's rocking it. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna be so different. Everybody's gonna want to know me. Yeah, but we don't want to be next to you. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. So it's 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 there's there's nothing wrong with pulling your buddy aside saying. Look, you're going alone, or you're changing your pants. <laughs> and folks, we don't want, we don't want to have to do that at the beginning of a trail ride. So you know, don't uh, <laughs> yeah. don't don't force us to to make fun of you. Um, that's you know, I, I can't speak for Rich, but I I don't go out of my way to look look for people to make fun of. So don't uh, don't put me in a position where I absolutely have to do it. That that's not fun for me. So, yes. Um, yes. Don't 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 make us torture you because it's your fault if we torture you. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, basically, Wait a that is so that is so broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. In, in the world of politically correctness, we're just resisting at every 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 angle. Here. Right. Right. Well, um do you suppose we've offended enough people with that with that topic of conversation? I, I hope our listeners get a kick out of that. We we were laughing about it, and you know, I, I just I guess we're too practically practical minded. We're whatever that is. Just I'm walking away because I can't speak. But I think we we have our more of a practical mindset, and we look at this stuff as just you know, how is this going to be anything other than a liability? 
um, on top of just being absolutely goofy. <laughs> I, just my opinion, folks. I'm, again, however, however you uh, however you want to do it, it's it's up to you. <laughs> as long as you're enjoying your Toyota, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and we will enjoy your Toyota as well, just in a much different much way. Much different way. Much different. All righty. Anyway. Let's, uh, uh, interview. We got an interview. We, we do have an interview this week. Um, we have an interview with uh, with Nick from um, a uh, a group called Rogue Overland out in in Nevada, and I was put in touch with these guys from uh, from my buddy David over at, at Nissan Nation. And to be one hundred percent honest with the listeners going into this, these guys are. They're they're primarily a, a, a group of Nissan guys. Um, however, that some of them are, are finally starting to see the light and, and moving over to uh, to Toyotas, and in the hopes that uh, that having them on the podcast here, you know, might uh, might spur that decision for the rest of them to, to to come on over to this part of the world. No offense, David. Uh, we uh, I decided to uh, to have a chat with them. Uh, I, I say all that jokingly because the the reality of it is these guys are getting out and doing some some really cool stuff and they want uh their goal is to get get other people out and and allow them to have have fun with them um they kind of go through uh go through the work of of organizing things and getting things ready and and they want to uh, they want to share that that effort with as many people as they can and i thought that was kind of a kind of a cool concept and and kind of a kind of a neat approach and after watching some of their their uh youtube videos and and listening to uh uh david and his his co-host dan went on a trip with them from uh from nevada to to colorado a few months ago and listening to them guys chat about about that trip and stuff was uh it, it just come across very interesting to me and uh nick was willing to uh to give us a little bit of time for the podcast here so so i wanted to get him on and and have him talk a little bit about uh about rogue overland folks joining us on the podcast right now is uh mr nick savachi from uh from rogue overland uh thanks for giving us some time here nick yeah no problem at all thanks for having me on i appreciate it absolutely i'm, I'm excited to talk to you we were uh we were kind of introduced through uh through a mutual friend uh david boyd from the nissan nation podcast and uh dave thought that it would be a be nice to have for you guys to be on on our show as well as his um and uh so we we got together and and just been kind of chatting here a little bit and you guys at, at rogue overland you guys have got a lot of stuff going on um and, and just just finished up some cool stuff let's uh nick if you will start out just kind of explain to the folks what what rogue overland is and and kind of what uh kind of what your 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 goals are and that that sort of thing yeah definitely so rogue overland basically came around because we were 
we're, we're based out of Vegas, and we were just running a lot of trips here in Vegas. We we all started as as rock crawling guys, and and we were organizing a lot of local runs, and 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 just had a lot of people getting out with us, leading a lot of trails, and we just kind of said, you know, it'd be nice to to maybe turn this into something a little bit more. So so we sat down and we kind of milled it over and we said and we said okay why don't we let's call it rogue overland and and let's basically use it as a platform to inspire people we we want to inspire people to get out on the trails we want to inspire people to to obviously be safe and tread lightly but but just to get out and explore and use the things that that you've built the things you have out in the driveway you know it doesn't matter what you're driving but but get it out there and drive it. Don't just think about where you want to go, but but get out and do it. And and we also like to help, kind of help people make educated choices as to products that they might want to have. That's a, that's another thing that we do is we do some product reviews, and and we put them up on YouTube so people can make educated decisions about about the gear they they might want to spend their hard-earned money on. Very cool. Very cool. And, and you guys are, are located in, in kind of a cool part of the country. It kind of puts you in, in a good area to go any any direction and, and find cool things to do. Um, not not really West Coast, but kind of kind of West Coast. Yeah, it's it's actually really nice. Being being based out of Vegas, uh, we have the Mojave Preserve just south of us so so we've run the, the, the historic Mojave Road uh, there's Anza Borrega and the Salton Sea not too far away from us down in California and, and we've done a run down through there parts of Arizona that are that are just amazing Wickenburg Arizona Kingman Arizona uh, Quartzsite we're down in that area and then the most recent stretch that we've made is you know of course we have utah up above us but but the most recent stretch that we made was we reached out into colorado and and did a a multi-day trip that that was up in the telluride uray area and then we touched through moab utah for for a day so so it's really nice we can we can basically go anywhere from the desert floor to the high mountains all within a couple hours up to about a, a full day's drive so it's it's a nice location very cool um you mentioned a few of the few of the trips that that you guys have done um would you uh like to take just a few minutes and and go into depth about maybe uh some of those some of those trips and some of the uh some of the destinations that you guys have headed out to and uh then we'll we'll get around to the latest one there in in colorado because that's that's probably the one i'm most most familiar with uh only because i followed uh followed that goofy david and dan on on facebook <laughs> while they were while they were on the trip so yeah so i guess the a nice one to start with would would be mojave road so so coming from from the rock crawling aspect and, and i know a lot of us are rock crawlers and so you go somewhere and and okay we're gonna we're gonna wheel here for a couple days or or we're gonna go hit this trail and it's about the uh, about the difficulty and the adrenaline and and getting through and so we um one day we were just like let's let's run this mojave road it's not 
not real technical as far as far as rock crawling standards go but it, it's this historic road that was first an Indian trade route and then it became a, a, like a military road and so we, we did we went and being rock crawlers we didn't have a ton of quote unquote overlanding gear and we did three days had an absolute blast out there in in just our you know Walmart tents and and blankets and and just none of the flashy gear and had a fantastic time and so we we've just been hooked ever since then and from there we've we've built out into we did a trip down through the Salton Sea um, East Jesus Quartzsite Arizona it was a it was a four-day trip where we were going through we had everything from rain to snow to sunny days on that um, had a fantastic time there's a, there's a really cool part in the YouTube video it's called the Rogue Overland Winter Expedition but in the YouTube video where we made it to camp in the pouring rain and everybody just said hey we're going to have a fantastic time regardless so we popped out some of the uh, a lot of the guys were running the Cascadia vehicle tent awnings built a little shelter and we had dinner and and cocktails i mean everybody had beers and and wine and and just had a blast regardless of of the fact that it was raining and pretty cold all around us so that was a really cool experience from that one and i would say one that might appeal more to the rock crawlers out there is we recently well it was a year ago actually about a year ago we ran the rubicon trail so we went we drove from Las Vegas up to uh, Georgetown is, is where it starts. So drove up there, slept at a buddy's house that first night, rode half of the Rubicon Trail, camped, finished the second half of the Rubicon Trail, and then we basically took just a backcountry route that, that Andrew, one of the other Rogue Overland guys, had mapped out and camped at like old ghost towns and went through gold point nevada just just had a fantastic time so that's a couple of the trips that we've done that and and some some memorable moments from them very cool well i know uh we're going to get into the uh into the colorado trip like i've i've mentioned a few times but one thing that that impressed me with listening to uh to you guys talk about it and, and dave and dan talk about it was the the organization that you guys put into this and and that kind of stuff and i know you know D david was kind of ribbing you guys about being being strict on time <laughs> and that kind of stuff but uh me personally uh th those are the kind of trips that i would like to be involved in um where somebody else kind of puts the brain power into it and i just got to follow the truck in front of me uh you know <laughs> make sure i'm ready to go when everybody else is ready to go and that kind of stuff but uh just uh let let somebody else do the legwork and and figure out where the where the trip's going and just just follow along that uh just it really impressed me that, that it wasn't uh if it would only been brought up once i guess it, it may have just been you know paying lip service to to somebody that does the planning but it got brought up multiple times listening to you guys you guys talk so it uh it, evidently there's more more truth to it than than uh what what it may may look like on the on the cover um it, 
take just a second and, and and talk about that aspect of how you guys go about getting ready for for a trip and and that sort of thing because uh, there there is a lot of planning involved yeah there there's a ton of planning and 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 it, it's it's more than you think so if if somebody says hey I, I bet it took them 10 hours to plan that trip it's it's probably it's more it's always it's it's a lot of time but one of the great strengths in our situation is um, the three of us work together and, and so I guess I, I I should probably kind of break down a little bit so so rogue overland there's there's a lot of people in the Vegas community that that have been with us from the get-go and and that are an important part of of rogue overland and very special to us and and so it should be noted that that there is really more to it than the three of us but but the three of us that kind of started rogue overland is um myself andrew and alex and so we kind of go by the divide and conquer idea in the sense that uh, andrew and i typically will take turns planning these trips uh, Andrew does a lot of our, our still photography and, and all of our social media. Alex and I do um, do the video. We, we cut most of the videos and, and, and produce most of the YouTube videos. Alex does all our logos. Any graphics or logos that you see, we're, we're the brainchild of Alex. And then all kind of the back end, you know, like the boring business stuff, if you will, I, I do a lot. I do most of that. So... So, so the first thing is that in general, we, we like to divide and conquer because that's pretty much the only way to get this done while you still have a full-time job during the day. Um, but planning a trip specifically, it, it all starts with Google Maps and, and Google Earth. I mean, have an idea, where do you wanna go? Get on Google Maps and just start building a trip from there. And so it, it is funny, I, I've known Dave and Danny for a very long time and so so we're we're very good friends and, and we all have thick skin. So there is a lot of harassing, but there is a lot of truth to it. We, we, we make itineraries because the only way to keep 20 rigs going on the trail and not just completely lose sight of where you're trying to get to and completely not be able to get to all the places you want to get to you have to have a pretty solid itinerary so so we've spent hours and hours on google maps by the time that we've finished an itinerary and and yeah it it has it broken down you know we we need to leave camp at this time we're gassing up at this place i mean there's lots of time for fun in there so so I, hopefully people don't get the wrong impression there but but yeah it's it's we we build it all out on google maps google earth we know typically how long it's going to take to get from one point to another we've typically contacted local people um for the trails that we're going to hit so that that we have an idea of of how aggressive is that trail what type of equipment do you need to get through it because that is something that we pride ourselves on is is yeah we we do overlanding trips but with our rock crawling routes, we still like to hit some pretty solid trails along the way, and and I think a lot of our videos show that. So, um, so yeah, it's it's the biggest thing is just build it out on Google Maps. You got to know where you're going and how long it's going to take there. And the lot of thing, things that people will miss is when are your gas stops? You know, you build this great trip and then you realize like, oh shoot, I don't have enough gas to get from there to there. So you got to figure out. How, where are you getting gas? How how much gas do people need to carry? Um, but that's my biggest piece of advice to people is 
build it on Google Maps first, and then you can fine tune it from there. Very, <clears throat> pardon me. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, you, I, I've I've kind of alluded to it a, a, a couple of times, and and like I said, I I, I listened to uh, to David Nan's podcast about y'all's Colorado trip, but seeing how that's the the most recent trip that you guys have have done um let's let's walk through that trip a little bit and and just kind of talk uh, about some of the highlights of it and and maybe give uh maybe give the the, the listeners a, a, a little more of an idea of what what you guys do and that that sort of thing okay yeah so we we try to limit the trips to 20 rigs and we had so many people interested in going to this one that at one point we were having a hard time keeping it at 25 rigs now kind of luckily we had a we had a few people have to cancel last minute so i think maximum number that we had ended up being um i think it was 19 when we are on black bear path but to kind of summarize the trip we we started in vegas and we drove up I-40 and then across to I-70, across I-70, and we camped outside of Richmond, Utah. We had a last-minute change in campsite because uh, the original intended campsite wasn't going to work. So we ended up getting into camp that night at about, uh, I think it was 11 p.m. local time, found a fantastic campsite beautiful stars there was like no light pollution um camped out there and then the next day continued on and basically just blew down i-70 then through grand junction and and finally got into uray colorado about i think it was three o'clock in the afternoon as as i recall and so then the plan was to just hang out in uray for a while so some of us hit up uh the hot springs some of us went roaming through town and the Uray Hot Springs are quite interesting, actually, because it's a, it looks a lot like a pool, um, but, but it, it actually is hot spring water that they, they pump into that community pool. Um, and then from there, we, we checked out a really awesome distillery, KJ Wood Distillers in Uray. And then from there, we went down the Million Dollar Highway to outside of Silverton, uh, Colorado. And we camped there at this old mining site. It's called uh, Eureka Town Site. It was really cool. Some really awesome foundations and amazing backdrops. And then at that point, we had all but uh, a couple of people from Colorado had met us, and we had all but um, but two of the rigs that were meeting us the next day. And so the next day, we hit Black Bear Pass at the trailhead. The rest of our group had met up with us, and we hit. We hit, um, we hit Black Bear Pass, and it was really cool because we actually had a Toyota FJ with us that was towing a trailer, um, and she's from the Vegas community, and and she had said she was bringing a trailer, and, and I said, well, you know we're doing Black Bear Pass, and she said, yeah, and I said, okay, if you if you are comfortable, then, then let's do it. And so we ran Black Bear Pass, which was amazing. You should you should do that at least once if you get a chance. And of course, the switchbacks are where everybody gets worked up. And and we all, including including the FJ with the trailer, got through the switchbacks just fine. And 
And then that night we camped outside of Richfield, Colorado, on a beautiful spot called Top of the Pines. And actually one of our one of our guys had told me ahead of time that he was gonna propose to his fiance. And so we had set it all up so that we were able to get pictures and under the idea that, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do a photo shoot of you guys holding some of the rogue overland gear because we have like some Molly five eleven Molly bags that are embroidered with our logo and stuff for sale on our website we're going to do some pictures with you guys. And so they set them all up in this meadow and it was just beautiful. And, and so he proposed to her, uh, up there, we got pictures and video of it for him. It, it was amazing. And then the next day we hit imaging pass, which probably of all, all the trails we ran was, was my favorite. It was really cool coming from Nevada to do all those water crossings. And so ran imaging and then, and then, uh, burn towards uh, Moab, basically through the back roads, camped out in, in the back roads. And, and then that last day, yeah, we did, we did Moab, Utah and, and hit fins and things just to kind of give everybody one of those sort of iconic trails of Moab and finish that up. And, and then everybody kind of headed their own way to, to get home. And, and it was, it was a blast. I, I, it ran so smooth with, for the number of people that we had and everybody had a fantastic time. And, and so it was, it was an experience that I'm sure none of us on the trip will ever forget. Well, it, uh, it definitely sounded that way. Listening to you guys, uh, talk throughout, uh, throughout the Nissan nation podcast, you know, that, that episode and stuff. Um, just, just a few questions ab- about, uh, maybe not even, not necessarily that, that trip in particular, but when, when you guys do multi-day trips like that, um, is, do you guys do like community meals and, and that sort of thing? Or is everybody kind of on their own in, in that aspect? How does, how does that side of, side of things work? The tradition is basically formed, that we do one community meal. So it's it's not so much that if somebody wanted to do a community meal, we wouldn't do it, but but we've kind of come to, to where one night we'll do a community meal and in the planning, because we always keep communication with everybody leading up to the, to the event, um, we'll organize like, you know, hey, so X number of people are bringing entrees, X number of people bring inside. So, so day to day, you know, especially like breakfast and stuff, everybody's pretty much on their own. But at least once we always have that big community meal where it's just potluck style. And it's, it usually is an abundance of amazing food because everybody's putting forth their best, their best culinary skills. Boy, you guys wouldn't want me there because it would be something like hot dogs or <laughs> <laughs> not uh, uh, not much of a chef so yeah usually i'm i'm throwing up you know something i'm i'm with you i'm throwing up something simple like guacamole or or something along those lines but but there's some people myself not included that that can cook some amazing stuff on the uh on the dutch ovens and and on the the grills and stuff yeah those i i know uh know a handful of of people that way myself and I am happy to to let them sit back and and do it because they seem to enjoy it, and I enjoy the end result. So, 
as long as I know those folks, I, I reckon I don't need to uh, need to put a whole lot of effort into to getting good at it myself. I'll just keep hanging hanging out with those people. So, darn right, darn right. Well, I, I think people are starting to get an idea of of the the kind of trips that you guys do. Um, Nick, what what is the next? Are, are, I'm sure that you you guys are. What what is the next trip that you guys are are kind of putting together right now? Yeah, so the two big ones that we do that we kind of put out to the the general community on our social media is the the Rogue Overland Summer Expedition and the Rogue Overland Winter Expedition. And so the we do a lot of little runs and and things in in between there. But but the next big one is the is the Winter Expedition. That's looking like it's forming up to be the last weekend in February. We're still working on completely solidifying those dates, but it's about 95% sure. And we are going to do, uh, it's going to look, it's forming out to be about three to four days. We're still fine tuning whether it's, we're going to need that extra day or not. And we're going to go do a, a big loop out through Death Valley and, and really explore some of the some of the cool things the hot springs out there and and some of the old mining establishments um in that national park so it should be a really good time and in february out there the weather should be beautiful well i i don't uh i i'm gonna have to start following you guys a whole lot closer because being being an east coast guy and traveling out west uh for work and and whatnot I see areas constantly. Uh, you know, you, you had mentioned the Salton Sea and that kind of stuff, and and uh, you go through there. You know, generally Thanksgiving through about Easter or so. That that area is just crazy with with off road activity, and it it's somewhere that I've always wanted to go explore. But it's going to have to. For me, it's going to be a big trip, and uh, man, if I could get. To, get tied up with with a group of guys like you that are like i mentioned earlier that that do a far better job of planning than than i do uh i think that's the way that i would want to uh want to handle a west coast or, or, or a western u.s uh exploring trip anyway oh yeah yeah anytime you're out here definitely let us know because it, it's it's pretty amazing it's we we get contacted on social media fairly often actually with people coming through and and hey you know do you guys want to go hit a trail or do you guys have a good idea on on a camping actually last year after SEMA uh we had we had had goose gear was was uh was talking to us like hey we we just want to like decompress for a while where where can we go and so so we took them out for a night and 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 just had a blast so so we love doing that stuff and and usually between the three of us somebody's schedule is open so um but definitely if you're gonna pick the time to come winter october through like probably march is is the way to go we call it desert season because it's just it's beautiful in the desert that time of year yeah i'm i'm actually in uh, southern arizona right now and uh when I when I stopped to uh, to start recording, it's it's been dark for a couple of hours and it was still ninety degrees. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, definitely not the time of year you want to be out here in the middle of the day. So yep. Well, Nick, um, are there? Uh, I, I, I'm sure there are. Uh, 
why don't you uh, mention some of the some of the folks that kind of have gotten behind Rogue Overland and showed showed you guys some support and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so our we all started with with Nissans. That's kind of that's kind of our core. So so don't shun us for that. But um, but we all started with Nissan. So so the the big Nissan companies that have always been behind us. Niztech lifts and Xterra performance have have just been fantastic to us. And then, of course, Dave and Danny with the Nissan Nation podcast. Um, some of the bigger companies that that work with us, Off Road Gorilla has has been really great with helping us out. Um, Cascadia Vehicle Tents, Bobby up in in uh, Bend, Oregon. Lifestyle Off Road does all of our stickers and and um, T-shirts and things like that. And 511 Tactical has, from the start, really, really been a nice supporter of ours. And then most recently, we we have a, a 2017 Tacoma uh, TRD off-road that we're we're building up, and kind of focusing that one around the idea of 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 overlanding, if you will, or or adventure camping with with kids so that's kind of one of the other things that we do is is we get a lot of runs where we do a day or two out with basically all with people that have kids or the majority that have kids and so we'll be out on a trip with i don't know 10 to 10 to 15 kids and so on that tacoma build it's been really nice we've had a couple people come on toy tech lifts has has helped us out. We're running one of their their Boss 2.5 kit, and and that's been fantastic so far. White Knuckle Off Road builds a great set of sliders. Um, Goose Gear is, is helping us out with with some of the stuff on the inside, and then the skid plates we're running are from Pelfrey Built. Um, Off Road Gorilla jumped in again. That we're we're running their Lux Rock Lights, which are, which are fantastic, and then uh, Clasio.com. Um, we I just we had to get something over those cloth seats so so they they make a really nice um, leatherish cover seat and um, and we've been running those so far and, and they've been fantastic so so yeah all, all those companies have just just been great in in helping us do what you know what we're trying to do just get get out and explore people and, and help people get out get their trucks out and and go experience these things as opposed to just reading about them or dreaming about them. Well, that, pardon me, that was going to be my next, my next question was um, to, to have you kind of talk about what, what the, the mission behind uh, Rogue Overland is. And, and you, you, I guess, sort of covered that. But if you, if you want to go into it a little bit, a little bit deeper, that, that's fine, too. Yeah, it's, it's. It's interesting because at the beginning we 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 kind of we're just like you know we know we get out and we do things with people and so now we want to kind of officially get out and do things with people but but we we've come to know that what we do is 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 we help to influence people you know influence the industry in the sense that test gear give feedback to people on gear um, get reviews out there so that that people can be exposed to gear and make educated decisions on on spending their money on gear what gear works what gear doesn't and then also just helping to inspire people you know influence people to 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 get out and use the stuff it's it's a shame and and i i'm 
in by no means trying to, to, to be mean towards anybody, but with social media, I mean, you just, there's so much of an ability for people to just get stuck in this keyboard scenario, right? I'm, I'm in this keyboard scenario. I'm, I'm doing all these groups and, and, uh, but you're never actually getting out from behind the keyboard and doing these things. So, so that's, that's, that's what we want to do is, is we want to influence people, get them out to these places that they haven't seen before, get them inspired so that, you know, maybe they can inspire some people. And then from there, you know, it's just this, this mass of people getting out and enjoying things. And by doing that, um, you're just going to make the community better. Oh, pardon me. Very, very cool. And having having listened to you guys uh, again on on, uh, on David and Dan show, um, you guys take that serious. Uh, you, you take you know introducing people in a in a safe and and comfortable atmosphere and and that kind of stuff serious. And that's the the entire off roading community needs that. Um, we're, we're, we're bringing more people in, new people in all the time. And, uh, those people need a, a comfortable starting point. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, glad that to, to see that there's people on the other side of the country that are, are taking the time to, uh, to kind of introduce people the proper way, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? If you think about the first thing that you wield, right? Mine was, I mean, if you don't count dirt bikes, was like this S10 Blazer, 1990. I can't remember what it was. 1990 S10 Blazer, no modifications whatsoever. And, of course, no electronic helpers because it's old. And and you, you kind of learn in these increments. But now, I mean, holy moly, you can go and you can buy whatever it is right toyota jeep nissan it doesn't matter because every brand has its version and these trucks are like locked and they've got all these you know gadgets that that are helping you and, and these trucks are like crazy capable right out of the box but if you're jumping right into that and you don't have any background experience it's a very easy scenario as well to get yourself in a lot of trouble so that we try to make sure when we're planning a trip or or we're going on a trail run people know okay for example we're running this trail this saturday or whatever this is you know a harder trail so this is of course driver makes a difference but this is kind of how you should be equipped and kind of the experience that you should have or hey we're going to go run this easy trail like anybody's welcome and 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 obviously that's how you learn is getting out around people that that have been there before and know what to do and and we just really enjoy that getting out and and helping people advance their skills and learn like you said in a safe manner and learn the right way well, that pardon me that is that is so key to the uh to the community as a whole like i said it uh there needs not not that there's not a lot lot going on but um everybody everybody needs to 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 find that group and uh again yeah. I'm, I'm i'm glad to see that you guys are that you guys are doing that um 
Nick, is there is there anything else, buddy, that 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 you want to get to? Any any pertinent information that you want to get out? Uh, we we definitely need to hit on your social media, you know, contacts and and that sort of stuff. But anything over over and above that that uh, that you want to chat about for a little bit? Yeah, I, I think if you don't mind, just just to to touch on it, we've had a lot of really cool experiences recently, and. Um, and, and we've had a couple scenarios. We were out with the uh, with the Dead Man Off Road guys, and if you haven't checked out their product, you should. It's 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 a pretty fantastic recovery device. But um, and and we had a break scenario, and 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 we needed some parts, and uh, we had another experience up in Williams where we actually had to get a truck uh, towed from Williams back home, and. And I, and I guess what I want to touch on is that in in both of those scenarios, we've just had close people to us that have come through, like above and beyond. The, the guys that you call at 2 o'clock in the morning and they don't ask what, they just say where. Like, where do you need me to go? What you know, And, and what do we need to do to get this done? And, and so I guess I, I would just like to, to make sure that they know that we appreciate them and and, and the people that are close to us and, and they, you know, you know who you are, so I don't have to like throw out any names or anything, but, but everybody in our community, that tight knit group that we have is, is just so special to us and, and is, and really helps to keep us motivated and keep us doing what we do. So I just, I just want to make sure that, that all those guys, and I'm sure they know, but, but, you know, we appreciate you guys and, and thank you for being so close and, 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 and supporting us in the journey that we're going through. Those, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, those thank yous need to be given. So, uh, abs, <clears throat> pardon me. Absolutely. I think, I think that's about it. All our, all our social media is rogue overland. So, um, web address rogueoverland.com. YouTube is the channel is Rogue Overland. Instagram is at Rogue Overland, and uh, Facebook, of course. And we have a lot of really cool videos on there. Ch- check out our YouTube channel for for YouTube reviews on on some products that we've tested, and we have more coming out. And then every time we do one of these trips, we we cut a cut a YouTube movie, if you will, of it. And so all those are on our on our site under the adventure series tab and and definitely give those a look and and i hopefully you guys enjoy them because we we put a lot of time into into getting some footage and cutting it down into hopefully an entertaining little movie so yeah for people that uh for people that don't edit audio or uh, or video and i'm not complaining i i somewhat enjoy doing it but it uh, <laughs> it turns into a pretty big task sometimes so La- labor can, of love yes absolutely i can can totally appreciate that well folks um nick nick mentioned a little bit ago that that these guys kind of started out as a, a a group of of nissan guys and that that may not seem like a real real great fit for uh toyota trucks and trails podcast but after uh after listening to, to to these guys on on the the Nissan Nation podcast, I, I was just really impressed with with what they got going on and and talking to uh, talking to David behind the scenes about you know how good a time that he had on 
on the trip that they they did out to Colorado and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I just I, I wanted to get you guys on and, and have you chat for for a little bit about uh, about what you got going going and that sort of stuff, Nick. And and I. I long way to get to a to a short thank you but thank you for the time yeah no no problem we we enjoy it and and i would just you know it's kind of funny when dave was talking to me actually about being on your podcast and 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 just so your community knows i mean we wheel with everybody you know you can see it in our videos jeeps toyotas uh nissans volkswagen bugs whatever we 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 like to get out with anybody that that uh that wants to get out there and and is uh and is you know laid back and and just enjoys the journey well that is pardon me that is so cool um i know uh i i I don't mean to keep bringing up another another podcast or an episode of another podcast but the 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 fact that david and dan you know made a, a a made a point to uh to get some toyota guys you know in in their their pod in that episode of their podcast and that kind of stuff to uh to kind of show their side of the community that that uh, you guys are so much broader than than just a, a a bunch of nissan guys um i thought that was really cool and and in, in a way I, I i hope this is kind of returning the favor as well so um with that said uh, again man i appreciate it and uh hopefully it like like i said i i I really really want to get out uh really want to get out west it's gonna gonna take some planning on my part but hopefully i can can get things worked out to to manage to be one of those those 20 trucks that you guys allow on on some of your bigger trips yeah no definitely you're welcome for the time i thank you for having having me on here to to you know and unfortunately the other two guys couldn't get on but to to represent for rogue overland and um and i'll tell you even if you're just trucking through you know if you're trucking through and and you have three or four hours feel free to hit us up because i guarantee we always have a seat open somewhere we get you out on trail for an afternoon or something like that well very cool if i uh if I get up in that area and uh, and I have a little bit of free time, I will definitely take you up on that. I love it. All righty. Well, man, I, I appreciate it. And uh, with that, we'll, uh, we'll call it a wrap here. Okay, folks. Hope... Uh, Hope everybody enjoyed that interview, and and if you did, uh, be sure and, and check these guys out and, and see what they got going on. And for sure, if you're you're out in their their part of the country, uh, make sure to keep up with them. And and uh, you know if it, if that's the type of thing that you're into and interested in and and, and that kind of stuff, see if uh, see if you can get on in on one of the rides. I know they got one coming up uh, not long after the first of the year uh, down to uh, I believe Southern California. Uh, if i'm if i remember correctly but uh check them out um just uh thank you nick for the time and and uh maybe uh like i told you in the interview maybe i can maybe i can get out to that part of the world one of these days and have you guys show me around and and to our listeners you know i know a lot of us feel like we're pretty good drivers and we're pretty experienced but uh, it is a lot of fun to actually hop in a vehicle with someone else and and uh, 
backseat drive yeah. <laughs> or, or, or just be a nice passenger and, and see how other people, especially experienced people drive and, and what they do and how they do it. I think it's, it's, uh, really good for anyone, um, <clears throat> to actually get out of the driver's seat and see what somebody else is doing. Yeah. And it, uh, it gives you a chance just to see, see the sights. Um, I, I enjoy doing it occasionally. I mean, obviously none of us want to do it all the time. That's not, uh, not why we got into the hobby of off-roading, but, uh, it's it, it, occasionally it's, it's okay to just, uh, just kick back and go for a ride. But, uh, Rich, we, we've got some other stuff we need to get to here in the podcast. Um, what, uh, wh- what do we got next in line here? Head on over to cruisergearshop.com and check out the offerings there. If you go to cruisergearshop.com slash T-T-A-T or and or use the code T-T-A-T for Toyota Trucks and Trails uh, in your coupon code and your shopping cart, you'll receive a generous discount. And what kind of cool stuff do they have over here? He's got raincoats. He's got a new product or new to me um, called the Overlanyard. Have you have you seen the Overlanyard? I have not. Well, it's 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 a lanyard. And um, I don't know where the over comes from. Maybe you want to wear it over your clothes instead of under them. But um, <clears throat> they have a product called the Overlanyard, which is a nice leather uh, key lanyard that, uh, you know, you can use while overlanding. Uh, so you don't, you know, accidentally lock your keys in your vehicle or throw them in the trash, uh, or, you know, otherwise misplace them. So they've, they've got that. He's got some other cool stuff too. He's got patches and, and stickers and socks and, and um, he's got that, the, uh, forerunner flag design thing. Cool. Which, uh, which is pretty cool. So head on over cruisergearshop.com slash TTAT, or just go there throw stuff in your cart and add TTAT into the coupon code and you'll get a nice discount. You'll get some stuff and, uh, you can, uh, yeah, there you go. So yeah. At at the very least, um, we, we say this all the time, um, reach out and, and, and for sure, let, let Blake and and the folks at at cruiser gear know that, that you appreciate what they do for the podcast because they're, they're uh, stepping up and helping us out, so it's uh, it's much 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 appreciated. Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's you know patches are all the rage now, and uh, so we we did what we could to bring you a uh, discount on getting some some patches for your headliner. Right. All righty, Rich. Um, what else? What else do we got here? We don't have any. Uh, any listener feedback? Our our listeners are are uh, folks just aren't stepping up and and uh, telling us what they think here recently. It uh, well, we've been quiet too. Other than podcast releases, we've both been kind of busy and not real involved on social media, uh, which you know will change over the winter. But you know, we've both been doing our things. I've been, I've been sick. You've been on the road, so you know <clears throat> that's okay. You know, we'll. I'm sure around the holidays when we do our 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 blockbuster Christmas episodes, (laughs) 
that um, that that will definitely get some get, some great feedback. Get some feedback on that. Well, I, I look forward to it. And, and, and folks, I say that jokingly because uh, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everybody that uh, that listens. You know, takes the time every time we we release an episode to uh, to listen to us two buffoons um, just babble about uh, about what we're all interested in. So don't uh, t- take no offense to my joking about no feedback. I, I <laughs> totally, totally get it. So, but, uh, um, in, in terms of events for community spotlight, we really don't have a lot going on. Uh, I, I will mention again later this month on the uh, 27th, which is basically the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, a bunch of us are headed over to Roush Creek Off-Road Park in Tremont, Pennsylvania. If you're in, in the Northeast or you want to be, uh, you know, definitely stop by. Uh, even if you don't have a four by four, I think we can find you a passenger seat somewhere. And we're doing a Toys for Tots collection, so it's not some big fancy event you need to register for or be a club member for. It's nothing like that. Show up with a new unwrapped toy of a ten dollar or more value, and it can be, um, you know, basically any kind of toy: girl toy, boy toy, gender neutral toy. Uh, Apache attack helicopter toy, whatever. Um, <laughs> just as long as it's new, unwrapped, minimum ten dollar value. We've got a couple Marines that are going to come by, and they'll collect the toys and take them back to the Marine base for national ju- distribution. So, you know, these toys will go all over the country, um, <clears throat> which is, I think, more helpful than you know. Uh, but anyway. So it's a good cause, and it's cheap, and you know, come freeze your butts off with us. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, we we talked about that in a previous episode, Rich. I hope you guys have a great turnout and and uh, are are able to uh, to get a, a a lot of toys and that kind of stuff. I'm hoping to uh, our our club doesn't specifically do a toys for tots run, but uh, uh, Southern Four Wheel Drive does, and I'm I'm hoping to make it down to that ride this year. So. And and honestly, if any of our listeners, if you have a four by four group or a club that you roll with and and they're not doing a Toys for Tots thing, um, you'd probably be, you know, the hero if you step forward and and threw one together. It's a super easy thing to do. Sometimes it's as easy as just getting together somewhere and parking all your trucks in a parking lot and, you know, telling people you're collecting toys. You can always take the toys to, you know, uh, any Marine uh, U.S. Marines, uh, you know, well, if you have a base near you, I think you already know what to do, but uh, the recruiters will take them. Post offices sometimes take them. Uh, here, the state police do. You can drop off toys at the state police, uh, but you're helping out kids, you know, and a lot of times uh, in these winter months, kids, you know, are the ones who are affected the most by it so we like to see you know we always encourage people you know whatever you can do in your local area uh for whether it's toys or food there's a lot of food drives you know um it really represents the four by four community very well uh to get involved in these things and uh so you know see what you can do in your in your local area to help out Absolutely. Like Rich said, it doesn't, doesn't take a whole lot to put one together. And, and, uh, if, uh, if you're not up to putting, putting your own together, there's plenty of them going on around the country. So, 
uh, just, uh, you know, check out your, your local clubs and that kind of stuff. Somebody I'm sure has, has something going on close enough. If, if you want to want to take part. Yep. And, and we found too, you know, especially with the food drive kind of stuff where, um, everybody's got a can of something in their cupboard that they refuse to eat. <laughs> and sometimes it's, you know, it, it, it's as simple as just, you know, you, you have some food that, you know, you're never going to eat or you don't like, or, you know, um, <clears throat> you can always donate that, you know, someone's hungry out there may need it. And, and as these winter months and holidays approach, especially, you know, Thanksgiving is just a couple of weeks away. You know, there's some folks out there who, uh, you know, might not, not get the turkey and fixings that the rest of us are going to get. Uh, and while it's not our responsibility to help these people out, we certainly are nice people for trying to do so. Right. Well, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that was it. That was, I, I, I'm off my soapbox. Okay. Well, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> that's kind of a, 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 uh, a subject that I don't want to, uh, don't want to cut short. So, if uh i'm good okay i'm all good right. all right all we're right. good we're good unless you want to talk about it tomorrow well, I, I, I could talk about this stuff all day well i i could too but i i think uh i think people get the get the gist of it or hopefully anyway so yeah. um one other thing that we wanted to uh wanted to take a minute to mention um we had uh adam from ajt ajt design on uh on the podcast um way 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 back i don't remember the episode number i apologize um keep, keep talking i'll look up the episode number so we can point people to it okay um adam reached out to to us here uh the past week or so and and wanted to let us know that that uh he is bringing a, a well just a just a brief history um Adam's main business is making uh, kind of interior accessories for uh, for FJ cruisers and Forerunners and Tacomas and and that kind of stuff. But w- one of the big things that he does is uh, replacement key fob covers, and they're not uh, not just a, a cover that snaps over uh, your your existing cover. You, you actually take the in, in, internals out of out of your cover and uh put it in 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 the one that that adam puts together and and they're they're way better built way stronger um different things changed about them to uh to make them last longer when you're cramming your keys in your pocket and that kind of stuff it's it's really kind of a kind of a cool thing that that adam's got going on or i think it is anyway and and like i said adam reached out to us and and let us know that he is is uh bringing to market a new design key fob for the uh the early style FJ cruiser, uh, key fob. So if, if you're a listener and, and you have a, an early FJ cruiser and uh, your key fobs broke or you want to update it or, or whatever, um, be sure to, uh, be sure to check out what Adam's got going on. He's, he's got some really, really cool stuff. So, and if you want to check out our cool interview with Adam Truckee, uh, that is in episode 30. So you've got to go back a few. What, what episode is this one? Is this 46? 46. Wow. Wait, did we even say that? On the, we, I don't think we said it in the beginning. Did I, we? I said it in the beginning. You did? Yes. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. What, 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 if, what, if, what if you forgot? 
Well, then we said it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We have so much fun doing these podcasts. (laughs) All righty. Do we have anything else, Rich? Um, no, I believe that's a, that's a wrap for episode 46. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here, folks. Uh, do, do we want to do our little announcement now, Rich, or, or do we want to do it another time? Uh, well, that depends on which we have so many announcements, Jason. The, uh, uh, the, the Facebook group announcement. Oh, for the for the giveaway. Yes, yes. I, I just let the cat out. Of, we have to say it now because I just let the cat out of the bag. But um, we're doing a little giveaway. Uh, so Adam Truckee, who we just discussed, uh, donated to us a couple of, of his cool key fob cases. And they're for 2007 models. And neither Jason or I can use our key fob cases. So we spoke to Adam and he said, give them away said, okay, we will. So I have one to give away, and that's actually going on uh, separately. Jason has his that he's giving away, and we're going to do that on the Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast group. So this is a little different than our Facebook page. It's an actual group that's associated with that page. So if you're not a member, head over, we'll add you. What's the difference between a group and a page? Well, you can Google that. But um, basically head over there for the contest details, and uh, you could win yourself a key fob. Now, it will only work with 2007 FJ Cruisers. So this contest is only available to our listeners that have that. Uh, but maybe if you have a friend that has one that doesn't listen, even though you should get them to listen, maybe you could win it for them. Um, Adam is also coming out with a, uh, some new models of, of his cool key fobs. Uh, so, you know, if, if, you know, there's not one for your model now, they're, there's some coming that are pretty cool. Uh, and he's also moved on to injected molded cases. So this is the, the, the cases Jason and I are giving away are a limited edition. You can't even get them anymore. He doesn't even make this model anymore because th- this is more of a, you know, industrial sort of build, whereas the new ones are nice and shiny and injected molded and stuff. So you, you'll have a piece of uh, history. Right. Absolutely. So, so for details on how to win it, what, what kind of hoops we're going to make you jump through to win one of these things, um, you're going to have to head over to that Facebook group and check it out. And we hope you do. And All right. You then, then you don't get to win anything. Right. And everybody wants to win something. So. <laughs> Except you. Well, I want to. I just don't. So. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair, fair. <laughs> all righty. I thought you'd give it up. I thought you just didn't want to win anything. Well, I, I still have that hope, but, you know, <laughs> pretty much just came to the the idea that I'm just, you know, donating money, which is fine, too. I have I have no no issue with, with donating money to events. So, But but you've still got a glimmer of hope. Yes. Yes. Still still holding out. I'm going to still holding it. I'm going to win that big prize one of these days. I don't know, you know, what it's going to be, but one one of these days my luck is going to turn around. I I just I feel it. it. It's a bumper for a truck you don't own. 
it, well, I've already won skid plates for a truck I don't own. So, you <laughs> <laughs> see, you're jinxing it right there. Could have had a bumper. Not, not now. I, I, I do this to myself constantly. <laughs> All righty. Bef- before we bore the listeners any more than we already have, um, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, folks, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so through through Facebook at Facebook slash TTAT. Uh, podcast did i say that right um yes okay <laughs> you can uh <laughs> you can contact us through our website at toyota trucks and trails.com uh we are on instagram at toyota trucks and trails podcast uh we talk about our youtube channel often enough um still uh i've got some videos in the can that i'm still trying to get edited together and that that kind of stuff so there's there's new content being added to the to the uh, youtube channel slowly but uh if you want to check that out um about the easiest way to do it is just search for toyota trucks and trails on on youtube or go to our website and click on the uh the the link there on on the website we'll we'll take you to it uh if you want to send us an email you can send it to Toyota trucks and trails at gmail.com. Um, Rich, do we have, do we have anything else, buddy? I'm getting tongue tied here and, and losing track of what I'm trying to say. No, it's been a long day for both of us. And, uh, I think this is a wrap for episode 46. All righty. Well, folks, we will get out of here. Um, thank you again to, to everybody for, uh, for checking us out and listening, uh, new listeners. Glad to have you old listeners. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging in there and, uh, <laughs> look for, uh, Look for another episode coming out here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, get in there. Hey, hey, in there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, folks. However you go about it, get out and enjoy your Toyota.